For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You are listening to the Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Welcome to the Therapy Podcast. How you doing, everybody? Hope all is well. I did skip a week, uh, but we're trying to keep them coming as much as possible. Stay tuned. I'm really, I really enjoy your feedback, so please keep those emails coming at askmetherapy at gmail.com. Today, we're going to talk about something which is not entirely understood by... Uh, you know, it's nuances and details, although it is exciting and many people uh, are familiar with this disorder. And that is, drumroll please, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. That's not what a drumroll sounds like. But an obsessive compulsive disorder. What is obsessive compulsive disorder? Well, some disorder that involves repeated thoughts, these obsessions, and it makes a person feel driven to do something. So obsession is something that you're repeatedly thinking about it again and again and again and again he's obsessed and the compulsion part of OCD the C is where you just feel like you have to do it it's a mental or behavioral disorder where a person has these intrusive thoughts these obsessions and he feels like he has to do it these routines compulsively to the point where it actually causes him distress or it impairs his basic daily general functioning there is another disorder called Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder. But today we're talking about standard OCD. Maybe we'll throw in the personality disorder some other time. What does OCD look like? Well, the truth is that it can show up with a, a wide variety of symptoms. In general, um, well, there are certain groups of symptoms that usually show up together. We view these as dimensions or clusters that can reflect an underlying process. In psychology in general, we always try to dig down to the roots and see what is generating all these symptoms. Where are they all stemming from? And then we try to get rid of that root or address that root at the core of the issue. Uh, this is the basis of cognitive behavioral therapy, where we want to understand, okay, this is how you're feeling. This is what you're saying. What's causing you to feel this way? What's causing you to think this way? What is that cognition? What's the root? Because if I could heal that, then all those symptoms that are stemming from this root will disappear. But we have a four-factor structure, including a symmetry factor, a forbidden thoughts factor, a cleaning factor, and a hoarding factor. So the symmetry factor is correlated with obsessions related to order, counting, symmetry, as well as repeated compulsions. One, two, three, four, one, two, three. It has, these things have to be exactly in order. Uh, these numbers need to be in order. These plates need to be in order. This, The books on the shelf need to be exactly perfectly. That is the symmetry factor. The forbidden thoughts factor, that, that's uh, correlated highly with intrusive and distressing thoughts of violent, religious, or sexual nature. The cleaning factor, that correlates with 
obsessions about contamination, compulsions related to cleaning, the hoarding factor, that's what you have your germaphobes with the cleaning factor, the hoarding factor, this only involves uh, hoarding related obsessions and compulsions and this is actually uh, a dis distinct from the other symptom groupings. People tend to use the term OCD in a very flippant way when you're just talking about someone who is very meticulous or a perfectionist, uh, very absorbed or, or fixated. But the truth is that that does not qualify a disorder. <coughs> People with OCD have intrusive thoughts. Like they can have thoughts about the devil. These thoughts recur and they persist despite their efforts to try to ignore them or even to confront them. They just, they're always there. People with OCD, they often do compulsions in order to find some relief from that obsession-related anxiety. When it comes to most individuals, the initial obsession or intrusive thought varies in its uh, clarity and vividness. Uh, relatively, a relatively vague obsession could involve a general sense of disarray or tension accompanied by a belief that life cannot proceed as normal while the imbalance remains. Like, the world cannot go on without this being in order. Without, while this is dirty, like, I, I can't live another moment with that. And it really overtakes with an, with an anxiety and an, a total obsession. A more uh, intense obsession could be a preoccupation with the thought or image of a close family member or a friend dying or uh, intrusions related to uh, relationship rightness. Sometimes it could be very, very specific. Like this exact thing must happen in order for my life as I know it to continue. Other obsessions concern the possibility that someone or something other than oneself, like, like God, the devil, or a disease will harm either the person or the people or things about which the person cares. Other indiv individuals with OCD uh, can experience the sensation of invisible protrusions emanating from their body or feel the inanimate objects and feel that, that they're just, things are alive, Toy Story is real. And when you hear about some of these things, it can sound even sort of ridiculous, but if a person is living with that as their reality, then they see it, they feel it, and they need to address it, but it's not going away. It's quite harrowing. Then you also have the doubt that accompanies OCD that can lead to uncertainty regarding whether one might act on that troubling thought, which can lead to self-criticism or self-loathing. There's an obsession, and the guy actually did something about his obsession, and then he hates himself for doing what he did about his obsession. He stayed up for 12 hours scrubbing a table, and now he's bombed the next day, and that can send him into a loop of crumbling self-esteem. He's lost control over himself. Most people with, with OCD, they understand that what they're doing doesn't correspond with reality, but they feel that they have to act as if their notions are correct. So if there's an, an individual who has compulsive hoarding, so he might be inclined to treat inorganic matter as if it has the sentience or rights of living organisms while accepting that Acting like that is totally irrational on an intellectual level, but OCD is not an intellectual disorder. There's a, a debate as to whether uh, hoarding should be considered uh, with other OCD symptoms. There is a separate hoarding disorder. OCD sometimes manifests without any overt compulsions, and it can still be obsessional OCD. In fact, 50-60% to 60 of OCD cases don't have any overt compulsions 
included in OCD is a skin picking disorder. Some people with OCD perform compulsive rituals because they just inexplicably feel that they have to, while others will act compulsively, uh, compulsively just to mitigate the anxiety that stems from their obsessive thoughts. It's actually like a logical, um, conscious decision. I'm going to now do this in order to get rid of this anxiety. The person could feel that these actions will somehow either prevent a dreaded event from occurring or will push the event from his or her thoughts. In any case, the person's reasoning, it's so distorted or idiosyncratic that it results in significant distress from the person, for him or the people around him or her. Skin picking, hair pulling, nail biting, other body focused uh, repetitive behavior disorders, they're, they're all on the spectrum of OCD. Some people with OCD know that they have these behaviors and they know that it's not rational, but they still feel compelled to go through with them to try to get off that feeling of panic or dread. Some of the common compulsions are uh, hand washing, cleaning, checking things, you know, that the doors are locked, repeating actions like turning on and off switches, ordering items in a specific way and requesting reassurance. Compulsions are different from tics like uh, touching, tapping, uh, rubbing or blinking. Or uh, stereotype movement, movement like head banging, body rocking, or self biting. Those are usually not as complex and are not pre- precipitated by obsessions. It could sometimes be difficult to tell the difference between a compulsion and complex tics. About ten to forty percent of individuals with OCD also have a lifetime tic disorder. People rely on compulsions as an ex- escape from their obsessive thoughts. However, they don't realize that the relief that it gives them is temporary and those intrusive thoughts are going to come right back as as soon as they're done doing their compulsion some people with compulsions try to avoid the situation they use the compulsion to try to avoid something but that triggers their obsession compulsions uh, may be actions related directly to the obsession like if someone's upset about contamination so he'll be washing his hands but they could also be totally unrelated their behavior and what their obsession is to be totally really uh, disconnected. Also, just because someone is doing an action repeatedly doesn't necessarily mean that it's a compulsive performance. For example, uh, bedtime routines, uh, learning a new skill, religious practices, that's not a compulsion. Whether the behaviors are compulsions or just a habit, it depends on the context in which that behavior is being performed. For example, arranging and ordering books for eight hours a day. That would be expected of someone who works in a library, but it would be abnormal for someone who doesn't and has six books on a shelf on top of his fireplace. In other words, habits tend to bring efficiency to one's life, while compulsions are disrupting it. Habit is a great tool that was given to mankind where you can accomplish a tremendous amount without exerting the effort into throwing your entire consciousness into the activity. But if this habit is ruining your conscious mind, it's taking over and you can't stop it, the rule of thumb is that if you can say no, you could say yes. And if you can't if you can't say no, you have to say no. These are people who can't say no, but can't say no. Their habit is overwhelmingly strong. In addition to experiencing the anxiety and fear that typically accompanies OCD, sufferers can spend hours performing such compulsions every day. In in situations like that, it can become very difficult for a person to be a, a competent employee and to be a healthy family member and function in society. 
Sometimes these behaviors can also cause adverse physical symptoms, like if someone who is obsessively washing their hands with some antibacterial soap and hot water, that can make their skin red and raw with uh, dermatitis. So what does a person with OCD think? Well, they're using these, ra these rationales to try to, to try to explain their behavior. And these rationalizations do not apply to the overall behavior, but every instance they'll say, oh, right now I'm washing my hands because... I just touched that gross thing over there, but that doesn't explain why their hands are red and raw from the thousand other times they did that today. If a person is checking this front door, make sure it's locked, they could argue that the time taken and the stress caused by one more check is a lot less than the time and stress that's going to be uh, if they do get robbed. So checking it is actually the right thing to do here, but the truth is that after that check, he's still not sure if he's going to be robbed or not, and he's going to go back for another one. In CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, an OCD patient is asked to try to overcome intrusive thoughts by not indulging in any compulsion. They're taught that rituals keep OCD strong while not performing them by not going through the actions that their compulsion asks. That causes OCD to become weaker. In body-focused repetitional behaviors like uh, trichotillomania, skin picking, um, anacophagia, aphasia, which is uh, nail-biting. Behavioral interventions like habit reversal training and decoupling are recommended for treatment of compulsive behaviors. Some people with OCD have overvalued ideas, which is like a person with OCD will be uncertain whether the fears that cause them to perform their compulsions are irrational. So after some discussion, it's possible to convince this person with OCD that his fears are unfounded. It could be more difficult to practice ERP, ERP therapy on people like this because they're not willing to cooperate, well, at least initially. There are some severe cases in which the person has an unshakable belief in the context of OCD, and it's very difficult to differentiate that from a psychotic disorder. Now, OCD was once believed to be associated with like an above-average intelligence, but that doesn't appear to necessarily be the case. In 2013, there was a report that showed that people with OCD can sometimes be mild with wide-ranging cognitive deficits, um, specifically affecting their spatial memory, sometimes their verbal memory, uh, their fluency, executive function and processing speed, while auditory attention was not significantly affected. People with OCD show impairment in formulating an organizational strategy for coding information, uh, set shifting, and motor and cognitive inhibitions. Some people with OCD have a uh, specific cognitive deficit. For example, there was a meta-analysis that showed that uh, washing and checking symptoms reported that the uh, washers outperformed checkers on 8 out of 10 cognitive tests. The symptom dimension of contamination and cleaning can be associated with a higher scores on tests of inhibition and verbal memory. When it comes to children, about 1-2% to of children have OCD, or at least affected by it. Um... They tend to develop more frequently with children 10 to 14 years old, uh, with males displaying symptoms as early, um, earlier than uh, females, and more severely. There are a number of associated conditions with OCD. So if someone does have OCD, there's a, there's a good chance they'll be diagnosed with another condition as well, or maybe in place of OCD. Um, for example, OCPD, obsessive-compulsive personality disorder, or major depressive disorder. It could be bipolar disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, anorexia uh, nervosa, social anxiety disorder, bulimia nervosa, Tourette syndrome, transformation obsession, 
It could be autism spectrum disorder, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, get a little ADHD, dermatillomania, which is uh, compulsive skin picking, body dysmorphic disorder, or trichotillomania, hair pulling. More than 50% of people with OCD have suicidal tendencies, and about 15% have attempted suicide. These are really big numbers. Um, that This just shows us just how powerful, just how intrusive the symptoms of OCD are to the person who has it. To be able to live with this is very, very challenging. Depression, anxiety, and prior suicide attempts increase the risk of future suicide attempts. We also find with OCD that um, those who have it tend to be affected by delayed sleep phase syndrome, um, much higher than the regular public. Um, moreover, severe OCD symptoms are consistently associated with greater sleep disturbance. They have less sleep and less sleep efficiency. It can take them longer to fall asleep and it can be harder to stay asleep. There is some research that shows a link between drug addiction and OCD. For example, there's a higher risk of drug addiction with those with an anxiety disorder. And this could be a way of coping with their heightened levels of anxiety. But drug addiction among people with OCD can be more severe as a type of a compulsive behavior, not necessarily just a coping mechanism. Depression can also be uh, extremely prevalent among people with OCD. One of the explanations for the high depression with uh, the OCD population uh, was explained by Minika Watson and Clark in 1998. They said that people with OCD or any other anxiety disorder, they can feel dep depressed because there's a sensation of being out of control. And that's terrifying. The greatest feeling in the world is to wake up in the morning and know that I'm 100% in control of my day, of my life. What I want to do, I do. And this is also potentially one of the leading causes of anxiety and depression from social media and internet addiction. Because people find themselves in any addiction out of control. And that can drive people into a deep state of anxiety and depression. Just because a person has some OCD signs does not necessarily mean that they have OCD. Behaviors that present obsessive or compulsive behavior, it could also be found in a number of other conditions like um, some of the ones you mentioned before, obsessive compulsive personality disorder, it could be autism, ADHD, PTSD. We don't know what causes OCD. It could be environmental, uh, it could be genetic. There's a lot of research being done about it. A brain on OCD looks different than a brain without OCD. There is abnormal activity in the orbitofrontal cortex, the left dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex, the premotor, premotor cortex, the left superior temporal gyrus, the global pallidus externus, the hippocampus, and the right uncus. They also found uh, weaker foci of abnormal activity in the left caudate, posterior, cingulate cortex, and superior parietal mobile. It's a different brain. People with OCD uh, have increased gray matter in bilateral lenticular nuclei. But that probably doesn't mean too much to most of us out there. There are ways of measuring OCD. There's a Yale Brown Obsessive Compulsive Scale or the Obsessive Compulsive Inventory which is self-rating. We just have to make sure that we got it right and it's not obsessive compulsive personality disorder or any of the other comorbidities. CBT and psychotropic medications are the first line of treatment for OCD. There's also psychodynamics and psychoanalysis that can help uh, manage some of the aspects of the disorder, but 
the American Psychiatric Association said in 2007 that there's there's a lack of controlled studies that show effectiveness in dealing with the core symptoms of OCD. Uh, as far as uh, therapeutic approaches, um, one exposure and ritual prevention activity would be to check the lock only once and then leave. Exposure and response prevention, ERP, uh, is a, CD, a, C, a CBT move which involves teaching the person to deliberately come in contact with the situations that trigger their obsessions and their fears. Uh, without carrying on the usual compulsions that are associated with that obsession. And then gradually they learn to tolerate that discomfort and anxiety that's associated with not performing the ritualistic behavior. So, for example, someone who might touch something only very mildly contaminated, like a a tissue that's, that's been touched by another tissue, that's been touched by the end of a toothpick, that's been touched by a book that came in from a contaminated location like a school. So that ex- that that's the exposure. And then the ritual prevention is to not wash his hands or he could leave the house and check the lock only once. So that's the exposure because he's exposed to the threat of being robbed. But now the ritual prevention is to not go back and check it again. And the person fairly habituates to the uh, anxiety-producing situation and discovers that his anxiety levels slowly stop they slowly start dropping, and then he can then progress to touching something that's a little more contaminated or not checking the lock at all. And by phase two, he can actually not do any of the ritual behavior like the washing or checking. It's considered the most effective treatment for OCD. There's body-focused repetitive behaviors, which we recommend addressing with behavioral interventions like habit reversal training or decoupling. Generally, it's accepted to couple therapy with medication, which is basically SSRIs. There's also clomipramine, but that has more side effects. OCD affects about 2.3% of people at some point in their life, and it affects people worldwide. It's unusual for the symptoms to start after the age of 35, and half the people with OCD see it developing before 20. In 2004, they estimated about 100,000 people with OCD. It's something that really affects the quality of life. And with children, you know, there's like 40% that hang on to their disorder into adulthood, uh, and around 40% that qualify for remission. There is a naturally occurring sugar called inositol, which has been suggested as a treatment for OCD. Um, There are some opioids that might improve OCD symptoms. We basically turn to a combination of therapy and medication, which can really provide serious help and offer a productive, healthy, happy life for someone who is suffering from OCD. And as always, there is always hope. I hope you enjoyed this and you learned something. I know I definitely did. Feel free to shoot me an email at askmetherapy at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Have a wonderful day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.